It's Wednesday, July 30th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Pro and Options, Jeff Fisher. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Chris. Uh, and I, I say thank you for being here because uh, we're actually taping this on Tuesday afternoon. Yes, you lied right at the start. <laughs> when people are listening to this, it's Wednesday, no, July that's 30th. True. That's true. Um, but uh, as I had mentioned earlier in the week on Market Foolery, I'm heading out to San Francisco for the Fool One member event. And I came to you somewhat last minute and said, "Hey, can I get you for for a taping?" That's true, Chris. It's um, the middle of earnings season too. You I know, know. it's I'm so, quite so busy in pro and options. <laughs> but let me come in and see if I can answer your questions. I'm happy to be here. No, I'm happy to just you drop. Have a plane, everything. You have a plane to catch tomorrow, or a train? Are you guys training out to San Francisco? Have you ever done an overnight train where you get like a sleeper berth and that kind of thing? Because that's I got to say one of the best nights of sleep I ever had in my life. Really, was taking us. I got a sleeper car. From Boston to DC, I slept like a rock. Nice. So is if, that because it gently rocks you to sleep? Yes, and I had privacy, so that was okay. that was also great. So, so I mean, to answer your question, we're flying, but now I sort of wish that we were taking a few days <laughs> and taking the train. I never have. Uh, well, I have in Europe a lot when I was a uh, uh, in my twenties and traveled all around Europe. But I think a trip like that is around the corner because we have a nine-year-old son. He's never been on a train overnight, oh. so maybe maybe DC to Miami oh, would be a fun great. ride. Or yeah. Key West? No, they don't go to Key West anymore. Uh, no. That got washed out in that little 1934 hurricane. Yeah, just the weather. What are you going to do? Uh, we are going to dip into the full mailbag. You can always email us radio at fool com is our email address radio at fool com. Uh, question from Tom Eisner who writes: I'd be interested in your thoughts on Discover. And American Express, Discover released what I thought were great results, but the stock was down afterwards. Do you have any idea why? Also, American Express is looking very attractive to me, uh, to me, but the stock is near an all-time high. Do the fools have any thoughts on taking an investment in American Express today? A lot going on there. Let's start with Discover. This was last week. They reported earnings. Second quarter profits up 7%. On the face of it, it looked like uh, looked like a pretty good quarter. It really did, Chris. And uh, digging into the numbers further, Discover is doing very well across the board, and they have been for several quarters, actually several years now. So it's looking like a well-run business. A majority of their business is credit card debt and processing, but they also have they're they're also more like a bank. They have consumer loans, student loans, but again, a majority is the credit card business, and that's been growing above industry uh, rates. So, they're taking some market share there. And uh, Chris, I think you know I've, I've owned MasterCard a long time. All right. We were talking before we started taping. They're uh, reporting next week? Uh, soon. Actually, I think the, this, the evening that we're taping this, but oh, okay. this runs the next day. So, <laughs> it, that doesn't confuse everybody. <laughs> uh, MasterCard. I own MasterCard, Visa, and American Express. And I should have looked at Discover, too. It's always it's kind of the red-headed stepchild Yet they have more cards out than American Express, some 60 million, and Amex has 55 million. And they have a return on equity that's right up there with American Express's return on equity. It's, it's a strong business and it's growing nicely. And if you want to buy into, in this case, mainly the American consumer and spending trends and digital spending, Discover's one way to do it. That said, I personally like MasterCard, Visa, and Amex better. They're more international brands. I think as we move to digital electronic ways to pay across the board, they may have more staying power and more uh, in the very long term, they just have a stronger brand than Discover. I, w- I want to come back to MasterCard in a second, but uh, to Tom's question about American Express, and we, and we get some version of this question um, somewhat frequently. 
not just at Market Foolery, but uh, at The Fool in general, this notion of, gosh, I'm interested in this company, but the stock is all-time highs. If you own a stock, that's great. If you don't own a, own a stock, it can it can scare you off. Yes, true. And so for Tom and listeners, I'll, I'll I'll offer two little pieces of constructive criticism. And this is from a guy who thought the train still went to Key West a minute ago. So <laughs> take it with a grain of salt. But one, you asked, why did Discover fall today? The results look good. So the first little point, and Chris, you make this in Market Frillery this point quite a bit. Don't focus on one one day price moves. It it typically means nothing. Earnings were strong. People may have sold it off because they wanted more or because they bought it for earnings and then sold because they're traders. I don't know. We look at the longer term and how the business is doing overall. And then Amex, you said, well, it's at an all-time high. Well, keep in mind, in a bull market, a stock may be hitting new all-time highs for years on end. Some bull markets are six, seven years long. And of course, over the past several decades, during which Warren Buffett's owned American Express for decades, it's hit probably hundreds of new all-time highs. Uh, so don't let that scare you off. Do take a closer look at the valuation when you're buying at a 52-week high, but don't don't let it deter you from at least starting a position. I think American Express, it is up a lot the past year, but it's still reasonably priced, especially if you have the, if you have the right time frame, which is to start at least three years. Before we started taping, you had mentioned something about MasterCard that uh, struck me, which was that one of the things you like about their quarterly earnings is it gives you insight into a lot of different areas. So it's not just Mastercard's business; it's retail in general. It's the it's the consumer in general. That's um, so true, Chris. And that's this is why I love owning Mastercard and Visa as well. Is it's a way to own retail, like I haven't owned without actually owning a retailer. Without owning a retailer, and, and in some wait, ways, I don't have to buy Radio Shack. It's seventy cents a share. <laughs> I can actually buy the credit card companies. It's so a lot of times, as you know, Chris. There's a Whole Foods down the street, so a lot of fools now go there for lunch, all the variety, and you get used to the higher ticket price. You're like, okay, I'll pay 7 bucks for a healthy lunch compared to 5 bucks for a sandwich. That's fine. But anyway, I haven't owned Whole Foods ever, and I was feeling bad about that for a long time. And then I remind myself, well, I have MasterCard and Visa, and most people buying this lunch is using a MasterCard or a Visa. Anyway, it's a great way to own retail writ large in a, in a business with incredible leverage, and Visa just reported, and they're growing 11% a year, and they're saying it's a poor economy. Like, it's weak. They're not seeing wow. acceleration. So just wait until it does, and then the leverage of that business really grows earnings. Question from Justin Russell in California. I saw an article about North Star Asset Management Group and saw that the company recently went public. A friend of mine told me about it, and I wanted to get your take on it. Um, so one thing we know from Justin's email is, uh, he doesn't completely trust his friend. <laughs> it's like, well, my friend. Yeah, but uh, he, mentioned it. he mentions a lot of things, though. <laughs> um, so this is a a spinoff of North Star Realty Finance, a stock that's done pretty well over the last couple of years. It's been a market beater when you consider what the market's done over the last couple of years. That's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Um, I immediately thought of you and Brian Hinman when I saw this email because Uh-oh. no, because of uh, the North Star. That's that's sort that's of a true. theme with with Motley Fool Pro. Yes, it is. Uh, several years ago, we came up with. <laughs> The North Star as our it's our goal, our aspiration. It's inflation plus seven percent every year. So it runs about eleven percent a year, our North Star since nineteen seventy. And it's our goal in Pro because it, it's never negative, of course, inflation plus seven percent in a in a year. 
will always be a positive return, and we're a positive return, absolute returns portfolio. So we named it North Star, and uh, in doing this research for Justin, I, I find that that's even less of an original name than I thought. Because <laughs> to try to find this new company, North Star Asset Management, you, you search for North Star Asset Management, and there are dozens of them. Oh, really? It's not just Google. it's so not I'm just your... Many, and the first one I clicked to, their, their homepage looks so sad, and <laughs> I would never invest in that. But then I found the actual one. The ticker is NSAM. And yeah, Chris, as you said, it was it was spun off from North Star Realty Finance, and that is NRF ticker, uh, just recently. And uh, but North Star Realty Finance has they they invest in commercial real estate of all kinds. They're based in New York. They mainly invest in U.S. commercial real estate, but they are now expanding to Europe as well. And it's a it's a well-run from what I could see in my research, well-run operation. It's done well. It has a strong yield, and now this new spinoff. Again, North Star Asset Management, NSAM. And it's so new that it, the ticker doesn't even really come up in Google, Google Finance yet, so be aware of that. They're going to manage the investments for the Realty Finance Company. Uh, so they're an asset management, ma management company. They'll make money on fees. And so they have a lot of upside as the assets under management grow and as the funds from operations grow. One of the thoughts I had when I was uh, thinking about Justin's question was a, a company we talk frequently about, uh, Markel, and Chief Investment Officer Tom Gaynor. It would seem like, uh, while this is not an insurance business in the way that Markel is, if you're investing in an asset management company, some percentage of your thesis has to be about well, who are the people managing this money? Because that's yes, there are the fees, and 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 you want to see growing assets under management, but part of this has to be well, wait a minute, who's managing the money, and how good are they at what they do? That's so true, Chris. And in this case, you want to look at both companies. You need to look at North Star Realty Finance and see who's managing their real estate portfolio, and then look at North Star Asset Management and see who's managing that portfolio because the two are interconnected obviously and that may make this a lot of people may want to put this into the too difficult folder and file it away and, and not go there but if you my, my final takeaway in my one day look at this was if you have a keen interest in real estate or work in that industry or lack exposure to it and uh, are willing to go with the track record of NRF, which has a greater than 10-year track record of doing really well, then this may be a diversification worth making in your portfolio. But what I would do is I would buy some shares of NRF, which is the high-yield realty. It's not a REIT, but it's similar to one. Yeah. And buy, the, and buy some shares of NSAM, which is the new asset management firm related to it. And together, you you are simply investing in real commercial real estate in the U.S. and now in Europe as well. And if real estate does well, these guys should do well. I did look at their bios. I don't know them, but why, why would I? But they have a long track record and a lot of experience combined. So, I think at a minimum, this is one of those things that you put on your watch list, in part because it's a recently public company. I would want to see, well, what is their first and maybe even their second earnings call like? Well, how much information are they sharing? Try and get a sense of who are these people. Um, and that's something that can really come out for better or worse on a conference call. Man, I agree with that, Chris. There have not been, I did not find any conference calls for the new company yet. 
They have very few financials to speak of as an IPO. Uh, so I, I would agree with you on the new spinoff. I'd wait. I'd see how they do for a few quarters, see how they're managing the funds. And with NRF, that, that has a long track record. And you could, I, I went through the last two conference calls. You can look at all their financials and see if you're comfortable with that. And it yields six, seven percent right now. And before I let you get back to your work on earnings season, uh, I had mentioned to you that uh, earlier in the week we had talked about El Pollo Loco. You've mm-hmm. spent a lot of time in Costa Rica. You mentioned that there's a <laughs> Not not El Pollo Loco, but just a Pollo Loco. Exactly. And I thought that was the company going public for a minute at first. I'm like, really? Wow, good for Costa Rica, man. They're expanding in the world. Uh, so maybe not the most original name in the world. No, not, not How's Pollo not, Loco in Costa Rica? So Pollo Loco, you can you can Google it and like enter Costa Rica Pollo Loco and you'll get their, their logo. And it literally is a, a, a cartoon sketch of a, of a chicken. A with, deranged with chicken. yellow feathers. Who looks, yeah, yes, deranged, to put it nicely, <laughs> like the last thing you would want to eat. It's the mad cow of, of chickens. But it's Pollo Local. It's not El Pollo Loco, which started in California yep. and is now, I don't know, they're not around here yet. They're not in this area. I think they've made it to the East Coast, but they're not in the greater Washington, man, D.C. That, area. That has been one of the most volatile IPOs that I think we've seen in quite a while, and that's saying something. So sixty percent on day one. That's, yeah, and then thirty, twenty percent the next day, down fifteen percent the next day as we speak, yeah. all over the place. But that just speaks to, it's a hot, heated IPO market. A lot of speculation out there. I'd, I'd be careful and think long term. You only make great, great money, Chris, over many years. You don't make it quickly. At least not in my case. We will end there. Thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Carl Simon. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.